Oh, he ain't no dodo bird or no kooka bird, kids. And he may be way up there in the sky, but he ain't no Larry Bird either. You hear that? That's a disco call of Jonathan Livingston Selgol. The one and only legendary bird. Salesmanship. Oh, he flies in the face of convention, this dirty bird. He hobbles your ass with savings, Mr. Man. He ain't gonna cheat you by getting out of the cock-a-duty car. Jonathan Livingston Selgo brings you anything but misery, bitch. What's he carrying in his beak? This noble avion of sales. Is that Smodco in his beak? Yeah, he's bringing you Smodco, man. Oh, that bird's a joy bringer, making love like a dub, Mumbini style. I love you more than my parents, Selgo. More than myself. The bird of salesmanship is flying, children. Look up! Carries all Smodco on his back. So feather that bird's nest. Feather it with your dollars. That's right, it's time to sell. Here's how you can pay us back for all that free funny, man. Smako just piles it on. Check this out, man. This is where we trade off. This is like the wampum section of Smodco. We give you the free funny. Every once in a while, you come see one of our live shows, buy one of our DVDs. Okay, here's what we whoring this week, man. Get old. Jay and Silent Bob get old in the UK on DVD. It's available right now. You can watch it on VOD. Go click on On Demand on your television. Um, if you got one of those high-tech cable vision type futuristic televisions man if you got like rabbit ears and you're looking for the on demand button you are fucked my friend um get old jay and silent bob get old and teabagging in the uk man it's funny as fuck you could watch it vod uh or you can order it uh go to smodcast.com slash teabagging man we'll sell that shit to you to direct you can actually hold it back in the old days man we used to hold things in our hands that we bought. Well, no, it's up there in the clouds, man. Sometimes it's something you got to hold on to, something you got to get signed, perhaps, or something like that. Anyway, smodcast.com slash teabagging for that Jay and Silent Bob Get Old in the UK DVD. Uh, okay. Rest of this, rest of the horn is going to be some, some live shows, man. And it's pretty much all Babel uh, for this round. Check this out. Uh, Babylon on the 15th. Oh, break it down. Sexy babble, babble bird, babble bird of salesmanship. Tell him me and Ralph closing in on Babylon 100, which is happening October 6th in Reno. Make your arrangements now. You want to be there? He's going to see a magical show. Me and Ralph performing Hollywood Babylon for the hundredth fucking time. Well, actually, Ralph performing it for the hundredth time. Sometimes I wasn't on the show, he's had guest hosts, but anyway, that's in Reno on October 6th. But Babylon on the 15th, right up at uh, the John Lovitz Podcast uh, Theater, Comedy Club, what have you. You know, to Lovitz, as we say. You might want to roll up, man. You buy a ticket for that show on the 15th. Buy it now, bitch. Order it right the fuck now. You get that ticket for the show on the 15th, 20 mere bucks. Guess what? You're going to get a free bonus ticket for Batman Live at the Staples Center. I think it's on the September 26th. So it's like a twofer, man. Two for one. Come see Babylon. Get yourself uh, Batman uh, live tickets in your face, neck, and 
titties and shit. Uh, Babylon on the 22nd, 9 p.m., man, uh, is going to be at the canyon in Agora Hills. That's right. You're going to have to travel. And, folks, we need you to travel because this is a larger house than usual for us. 700-seater, man, mostly a music venue. So come on out, man. Come see me and Ralph do uh, Babylon up there in Agora Hills, kind of near where we shot uh, Red State a little bit. Uh, um, uh, tickets for both of these events, go to csmod.com. Uh, Babylon on the 29th, that's also going to be at the Lovitz, and that's 8 p.m. I think that happens next week, too, man. From Babylon, uh, Babylon on f- from the September 15th on, going to be 8 p.m. shows on Saturday, as opposed to 10 p.m., so make sure you mark that, man. You want to show up 10 p.m., they're like, they're gone, dick, and you're like, ah, <laughs> I was bringing my lady out to see Ralph doing Al Pacino impression, and you're fucked. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's something you can watch at the Lovitz, but if you were out for Babel, man, forget it. You ain't going to find it because we ain't going to be there. So make sure you check the times when you go to csmod.com. When you order your tickets, make sure. For, well, look, you don't even have to check. From from the 15th on, Babylon will always be an 8 p.m. show at the Lovitz. There you go. Write it down, man. This commercial's already getting too fucking long. A lot of people going, boy, I hadn't heard this stupid fucking Bird of Paradise shit in weeks, and now it came back with a vengeance, bitches. The third round on the track. Trying, trying to keep it tight. Um, but that's the selling right there. Babble, babble, babble. Um, go to csmod.com for tickets or go to babyloncav.com for tickets. Uh, but here's some more free. You know what? Fucking, it's not always buy, buy, buy. Here's some shit to keep an eye out for is free. Aside from sit, Smodcast Internet Television over at YouTube, which you can check out a number of shows. We're running uh, the Clerks 2 Trainwreck series right now rerunning it if you will from way back in the day it's really fun uh but uh the new pods this week free pods stick them in your fucking ear brand new smodcast this week uh, me and mosier delving into more emo kev smodcast 222 was an instant classic a lot of folks say go listen to some emo kev and he flies on the back of that bird bird salesmanship he's on the back of the bird of emo ship frightening listen go listen to it. it's funny as fuck anyway the new smodcast 223 more to fucking say man we're going back into emo kev because i got more to listen to also uh new babylon this week we'll be dropping uh and you'll hear double ralph this week because ralph jumps over uh, joins me on fat man on batman which happens on tuesday ralph comes in and reviews uh, the dark knight rises yeah bird wants to know what do you say let's see tune in but scandalous just like Prince sang in Tim Burton's Batman movie. Talking about you and me. Now I'm going to get fucking sued by Prince. He'd just been waiting for his window. Uh, new movie makers this week, man. Penny Marshall. Interesting as fuck. Penny Marshall, man, has lived a fucking life. It just tells you all about the making, the makings of awakenings. Uh, so drop that in your fucking ear pussy. Let it tickle your ear pussy. It's hot as fuck, man. Smodco is your best friend in life, bitch. Don't forget that. Jonathan Livingston Salgo gonna take us out. Smodcast.com for all your needs, kids. And now, another fine Smodco podcast.
<laughs> hey, this is Jack Morrissey episode, with uh, episode 44 of Team Jack. I think as we um, push off from the shore, I think the episode title will be episode 44, Step Down. Because <laughs> our guest this week is Misha Gabriel. Should we... Should we uh, use her surname or not? No, Misha Gabriel is just Misha perfect. Gabriel. That's what I go by. You yes. just you just chop that off. Yeah, sort of Hamilton's just the legal name. Got rid of it. But it's on IMDb, right? Ah, uh, yeah. See, I would unfortunately assume, I would assume I assume Gabriel was the last name. No, Gabriel's the middle name turned last name. Right on. It right. works. The last I have name yet to though, make man. it legal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know. Why'd you do that? Uh, well, you know, I was actually born Misha Joseph. Kravitz. So Hamilton's not even really my, my legal last name. is my adopted stepfather's name. All Never right. really connected to it. So I feel like Gab- Gabriel is my my own sort of start, my own family. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, also with us, of course, you've already heard Matt Cohen. Hello. Um, at Camel Toad on Twitter. Misha, your Twitter handle. Misha Gabriel. We do it right up front. Nice and simple. Misha Gabriel, you have a nice follower account there. Oh, I noticed. It's it's let it go, Misha. It's growing. <laughs> what do you have? Like twenty two thousand or something like that? Oh, I don't know. Something twenty three point three. Twenty three point. <laughs> <laughs> Misha Gabriel, sit back. I can I can chill out like this far. Okay. Yeah, no. We'll just yeah. The whole thing goes forward. Awesome. Um, and then I move in. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say. Don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. staging adjustment. So Misha, I met through. Kenny Warmald, um, who we hope to have in a future show. And uh, Kenny, I first became aware of on MTV's Dance Life reality series. And then when Bill Condon's assistant turned second unit director on Dreamgirls, Stephen Jacobson was casting up um, Center Stage 2, which he directed. I told him to, uh, that he should take seriously Kenny Warmold. Kenny subsequently landed the lead in that. Misha, you were also in that. I was in also in a, that. I was also in Dance Life as well. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they focus around Kenny's life and I was I was one of his buddies. You guys were already bros? We were we were bros, yeah. Interesting. Um Dance Life the good thing have you, you have you ever podcasted before? Uh, no, you know, there's no. no structure or formality to it, so we're love literally that. just bullshitting. This by podcast, the way, at least. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, it will definitely be better than that interview that you put me on to last night oh, as yeah. the best interview that you'd I ever mean, given. Yeah, yeah, it'll be better than that. We won't drill Probably down on what that was. Interview I've done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, dance life was not set entirely in Boston then? It was half Boston, half L.A.? I think he visited home for a couple episodes, but it was mostly, but it, was, it was primarily L.A. Right, so you were in that. Mm-hmm. Also in Center Stage 2. Mm-hmm. How did that happen for you? Oh, I was, I mean, I auditioned for the lead. I was up for, for Kenny's part, oh, actually. Yeah. So That's I interesting. ended up getting cast as a dancer, which was awesome. Got to okay. go out there and be a part of Kenny's first filming experience. Are you, are you prominent? In that movie? Uh, no, I'm just backup dancer. You I mean you see me in the opening scene? You see me in the club scene? I look like Kevin Federline. I had a shaved really? head. I look awful. <laughs> but <laughs> um, and we have to get right into it. It's already come up on Twitter this this afternoon when I tweeted out that I was having you on the show. So you and Kenny were both in this. Is do we even get to call it a number? Which is. Uh, for the for the ill-informed of our listeners is what you call any 
break into song and dance moment in a TV show, feature film, et cetera, would be called a number. Mm-hmm. Um, in Clerks 2, yeah. what is it? I don't remember it. <laughs> Do you not remember? No, and these guys... Uh, Misha and Kenny were both in it. Jay and Silent Bob do a little dance number to to Jackson 5, to Jackson 5 song, and it's like your classic um, sort of everyone on the street scene. You got your cop, you got your your nun, your mailman, and they all sort of come and do this magical dance number. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty So it's a number. Oh, it's full out, yeah. And where was that shot? In Raleigh Studios? No. It, they took over a uh, old Burger King or some shit and built the movies out That's somewhere right. in like yeah, Sun yeah. Valley or something. Somewhere in the valley. Something. Oh, really? So, or, or, yeah, yeah. So they actually shot in one location was an actual practical uh, qu- uh, convenience store. I mean, not convenience store. Um, yeah, fast food like joint. Burger, yeah, okay. burger, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they it, shot that it. there. Huh. It's a scene on the roof where uh, Rosario Dawson's teaching Dante how to dance. And they're dancing, they're having their little moment on the roof, and then all of a sudden there's like 80 people in the street, like all fucking doing a choreographed dance number. Two of which were you guys. Yeah. Um, Were were you involved, Cohen? No. By that point? No, no, no. Okay. Um, And what costume were you wearing in that scene? Um, I was. Do you remember? Yeah, absolutely. I was like a punk rocker. I think my shirt had like a swastika on it, which I'm Jewish. So, I mean. Perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. Um, and I think maybe we- anarchy symbol, bro. I don't remember there being a swastika on <laughs> fucking clerks, too. I think I'm going to remember that. Um, and what was Kenny? Do you remember? I don't. Okay. No, I don't. No. But he, so he, was, then- he was like a featured extra dancer. There's one scene where him and some chick are doing like a little toe tap scene. So he gets like a little featured little moment. moment. And that prick. And that came be exactly. <laughs> it's well established. He's a prick. <laughs> that comes between. That comes before Center Stage 2 or after? It came before. That was actually our first... Oh, no, not his. He did You Got Sir. That was my first film out in L.A. Okay, got it. Followed shortly after by Jackass 2, which is sort of the same situation. There's a big dance number in that as well. You just reminded me there's a movie called You Got Served. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is. And you're in it? I'm not. I was, I was still living in the back home. Because you just mentioned it. That's Kenny's in that one. That's his first film. Oh, yeah. yeah. You Got Served. Got mm-hmm. it. Thanks for paying what attention, a, Cohen. What a poetic title, man. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then after Center Stage 2, Deer in Headlights, then it's Michael Jackson. Well, believe me, we'll get down into the cracks yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Then it's This Is It. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's Step Up. Step Up. Mm-hmm. Revolution, mm-hmm. right? Correct. Got it. Which I found out last night in the UK is called Step Sexy, Up. Sexy Dance. Is it Sexy Dance? Somewhere it's called Step Up Miami Vice. Miami Heat. Miami Heat. It's called Sexy Dance 4 Miami Heat. That's amazing. <laughs> That's hilarious. So launch Cohen. So Cohen gets gets here and he's setting up and I'm like, yeah, so dude, you and um, we, I should say, by the way, we have Sharon here from Team Jack. Or twi between or whatever I'm meant to be calling you QV GQ Oh shit GG You just whatever. blew up her fucking She's lurking Exactly her <laughs> Why don't mom you give out her social security Her mom security will come down number. on me again Does your mom uh, not know you're a twi hard? She, no she's just like These are also supposed to be secrets Oh okay Anyway Does she listen to these episodes? Alright well there we are Okay Alright so I said 
Cohen, um, Sharon and Adam Cook was just here and he just left. I was like, Sharon and Adam are here, but there are only going to be three of us on mic today. Um, this dude was in uh, Step Up Revolution, da da da. And Cohen's reply was. No, he said. Uh, I said he was second lead in Step Up Revolution. And I said, I think my friend was like third or fourth lead in it. I, uh, we hung out with last night. Small world, Cleo Coleman. Cleo, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny, man. That's awesome. Step up kids are taking over the world. I know. Dance one of through the art of office. dance protest. Yeah, exactly. I haven't seen the fourth one yet, but it's a dance protest. Have you seen the trailer or the movie? I've not seen the movie. I own the first what? three. I'm out of here. See ya. Later, Fucked up dude. of you to say, dude. I know. I'm a we step up two and th- I'm a two and three to. junkie. <laughs> for the record, I love like step up two is like my shit. I it, like re- rediscovered film when I saw that movie. That's the yeah. one with the flow ride a song. I have no right. idea who that is. I think Hoffman. it is. I'm very white. It's the one with what, Misha? Robert Hoffman. Do you know him? No. And Bria Evigenian or some shit, right? Whatever Sounds her name some, is, some, somewhat right. That girl. Okay. Yeah, and it was really good. The fourth one, and I haven't seen it yet, but I only know this from the trailers. It's like the first one is like a dance battle movie. The second one is like dance battles outside. The third one is I forget what the we, first one's not dance battles. First one is like art school. Okay, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And they start doing like hip hop dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. It wasn't so good. The second one, awesome. This one is literally. Aren't you guys do like protesting a building developer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like flash that's mob part, that's part dancing. Of it, flash mobs. Yeah. That's amazing. Right. It's awesome. Well, why didn't you see it theatrically, Cohen? I have a lot of shit to do, man. Really? I don't see anything theatrically. Really? Fucking no, I don't. I don't actually. I don't really go to the movies that often. We've I talked about that. I see like I don't either. fucking four movies a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, That's a Blu-ray title, bro. So I can watch it over and over again. Exactly. And memorize the dance. Wear dance. that disc out, son. Um, tell us who else you've danced with and for, Misha. Um, in between the movie titles that. People yeah. can access at any time. Uh, Performances did, that they'll um, never I, see again I did, are. I did yeah, Janet Jackson for a number of years. Wow. I did. Um, I choreographed for Justin Timberlake for his Future Sex Love Sounds tour, which Kenny danced on. Right. Um, I danced for Mariah Carey, Beyonce, Chris Brown, um, Hillary Duff, Neo. I know I'm forgetting some people. The Pussycat Dolls. Oh which, my god. Yeah. Not oh my god, also, a pussycat doll. So I'm no. oh my god in the entire <laughs> list at this point. Um, yeah, Christina Aguilera, Christina Milian. Sort of. That's what I did for seven years out here. Was sort of try to tackle that world and be that that you know sought after working professional dancer. So. But you say that in the past tense now. So what's yeah, it about I'm for you now? Sort of, well, now it's it's a combination of I've sort of reached the point where my choreography career is taking off a bit. I got an opportunity to choreograph a piece on Dance with the Stars last year. I did American Idol. Right. Um, like I said, I did some stuff for Justin, but I'm not his choreographer. I came in as a guest choreographer, and I've gotten the chance to do that for Janet and for a number of people, but I don't have my artist, you know, so I'm, right. I would love to, to own my, my own choreography and just have a, a lock on it a little bit more. Right. Um, and then also, being his step-up was my first film as an actor, it would be awesome to keep going in that direction. Keep going with that. Yeah, and Kenny, you know, Kenny's been my inspiration for getting into that world initially. Kenny, we should say again also for the uninitiated, Kenny, yes, Dance Life, yes, Center Stage Two, but probably um, most famously to this point, at least the playing the Kevin Bacon part in the recent remake of Footloose from last summer. Yeah, last summer. Spring. It was yeah, it was spring. It was, yeah, yeah, it's it was out on home a video year, now. A year after before yeah, yeah, I yeah. filmed Step Up. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, when he booked, 
when he booked center stage, I was still in my dancing days. But uh, when he booked Footloose, it was sort of a transition for him. And he, he stepped out of the dance world. He completely just backed away, started turning down jobs and right. really made the switch. And, you know, now he just shot Kid Cannabis, which is not a dance film, which right. is completely inspiring to me to, to see him make that switch and just be an actor. You know? Right. So I think eventually I'm, I'm going to head down that path. I'm not quite ready to hang up my choreography, shoes, my choreography shoes yet. Right, right. I don't dance Which anymore. Which is nothing that he ever had any interest in. Not that I've, no, he's I don't good want at this it. to be he too just, much about him. Never, it was never like his passion. He, right. Yeah, but uh, right. yeah, we'll see where it takes me. We'll see. How old were you when us. you started? Uh, I, I did my first tour when I was 16 with Aaron Carter. Sure. Wow. <laughs> I was still living at home back then. And then but when I, when how I old back, were you when you started? When I start, Oh, when I started dancing. Yeah. Shit. I mean, there really was no, no, no age. I started before I could talk. You know, I started when I was very, very young, my mom is a, is a ballet dancer. So oh, really mm -hmm. like from Russia, like competed against Brishnikov, took third against him. Wow. Super big in that world and just raised me. Kenny used to joke around. I'm like the kid from 300, but with ballet, like I was bred <laughs> for dance. <laughs> and always in Colorado. No, uh, born in Miami, raised okay. in Fort Lauderdale for eight years and then grew up in Colorado, moved to California for a year. Uh, my parents got divorced, lived with my dad for a while, and then lived back in Colorado with my mom right. until I moved out to L.A. when I was 17. Right. One year after you started One year after professionally, I, professionally dancing with Aaron yeah, Carter. It was, it was actually when I got back from the tour, and I realized I couldn't like go about my daily life. I was miserable. I wanted to be in L.A. I, I got a taste of it, and so I just decided to, to – I mean, I didn't decide. I, I begged my mom to let me move to L.A., and she understood. She's in the dance world, so she let me go. Right. right. Um. Kenny was already here. Kenny was here. He's been here for like two or three years, I think. So that was point. a soft landing pad for you, kind of. You already knew. You know, you know where we boys. first met is at this audition for Marty Kudelka, which is Justin's choreographer. Um, and say his name again. Marty Kudelka. Okay. He's Justin Timberlake's choreographer, and okay. um, who we both are, are really close with now and really good friends with. He he obviously had hired Kenny to dance for Justin and hired me right. to choreograph. Right. But uh, at the time, he was choreographing for Omarion. Okay. And Omar had just left B2K and was doing his solo project. And okay. it was my first big audition out there. And Kenny had a relationship with Marty. And I had just met Marty, but Marty took a liking to me. Right. So I remember seeing this kid, Kenny, and I'd never seen uh, like a white dude. You know, I grew up in Colorado, like a white dude that I thought was, not to say that was better than me, but that sort of gave me a run for my money. Right. And he was the first one where I was at that audition. I was like, fuck, this kid's good. Right. <laughs> and um, I, he, he sort of thought the, thought the same thing about me. Excuse me. Um, I booked the job over him, which ended up right. being sort of how that story panned out. But he came up to me. I wore a, a Boston hat. And he's like, oh, you from Boston? And I was like, no, I just like the hat. And he's like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Because he Ended is. up booking the job. Later that night, he sees me. I'm at um, class, and he's taking class as well. And I'm wearing a Yankees hat because I don't know the fucking – Rivalry. I'm not from Boston. Yeah. And he comes up to me. He's like, yo, kid, come here. He's like, you, you can't wear both in the same day. You can't, you can't do that. <laughs> and I was hilarious. like, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. Sort of told me about that whole thing. And that's kind of how we met. And he's like, yeah, I heard you booked the shit. Congrats. And he went on to book bigger and better things and sort of, but I sort of got the first one, which always kind of, whatever, which I kind of stab at him. Yeah. About. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. He's like this prick fucking booked that job over me. Um, I don't want, I'm not going to ask you to, to even say who it is, but you have clearly in your mind the most miserable professional working experience you've ever had with someone on the road, correct? Yes. It, it, you've Can we had, guess who it was from the <laughs> list of people you gave us? No. <laughs> Why not? 
Because right, dude fine, start fine, fine, he's fine, not even starting out Carey. he's established. No, <laughs> he's got a career to kidding. protect and defend. <laughs> yeah, Mariah Carey. No, it was Celine Dion. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst ever. Um at the MGM Grand. But um you've also had the what would you say is the best professional experience, which I assume you would not be shy about. No, I mean it was definitely would Michael. It, be MJ it, was, or it was Michael. Else? It was bittersweet, of course. Mm-hmm. And it's still hard for me to kinda of look back on without having so many different thoughts about it. But initially, I mean, that is the the job that I never even thought would happen. I moved out to LA to dance for Justin Timberlake, not Michael right. Jackson. I thought that was over. Right. And so when I got the opportunity and I mean actually that story is kinda of interesting too. I got uh, cut from the second cut at that audition okay and i went home and how I many thought years it was ago over. was that now this misha was, this was three years ago okay it's three years not long no not too long <laughs> um, i got cut from the audition and i went home and my life was just like <laughs> it sucked for a long time like i i thought that was the that's the epitome of, of, a, of a dance job you know and i couldn't find my worth and i was like if that's not what i'm doing then what am i supposed to be doing and right i was just really going through it and sort of just asked in my heart just like prayed I guess you could say not to sound cheesy but if I get another chance what I would do like how different I would approach it and how like it's life changing so they ended up adding two more dancers they needed to add two more dancers I got that chance four days later I had landed in a city to teach on a dance convention and they called me and they were like what city uh, uh, Santa Clara Okay. Landed in Santa Clara, teach on these dance conventions, got the email, flew right back around wow. and went to a private call the next day with like 50 guys and booked one of the spots. So, it's so kind you of, fucked it, I, that I, dance more, convention over? Oh, no, no, no. I still worked for the guy. <laughs> I still worked for the guy. <laughs> he knew. He understood. It's like right. one of the... that I didn't care. Honestly, if he would have been like, you fucking leave me hanging and you don't get this job, I would have still left. That, right. that, that type of stuff is once in a lifetime opportunities. You right. Know? Of course. So... But yeah, so it was the most gratifying when you flew, when you flew back. So this all happened within four days, you were cut. And then four days later, you got an email saying we were hiring two more. I presume. So where was all that happening? Uh, it was where the audition process. Yeah. The audition uh, was at Nokia. On really? Stage. So everything was still was already to that point based out of, uh, Nokia. We were doing Nokia. We were to at prep for prep. Staples Center across the street. No, well, we we the audition was held at Nokia, but okay. then when the rehearsal process started, we were at this at uh, LA sound Live. stage called uh, Center Staging in Burbank. Okay, and then we later moved to the Forum Hollywood okay. Forum, and then we moved to Staples. Okay, right. Um, so you get hired, and in in the dance world, it's it's obviously booking. I've heard you already use the term, but um, you're cast, you're hired, yeah, you you're book booked, it. You cast. Are yeah. all those true? Yeah. Okay. Um, how quickly do you start work? Do you start rehearsing? It was, I think we started within five days after they had made the final decision. Right. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was right away. I mean, we, <laughs> we were moving. And how quickly after you start rehearsing, um, does he show up? He stepped into the show about... I'd like to say two and a half weeks into the process. Right. And when we stepped in, he stepped in slowly at first, he came in and he just watched the show. And actually that's one of my favorite stories about him is the coolest thing he's ever said is we, I mean, we're going balls to the wall. It's Michael Jackson there. And he's, we're still trying to fight for our job and make sure that he still likes us. You know, we're still trying to prove ourselves to him. Right. So after we finished the run through, he comes up to us and he was like, that was amazing. He's like, do me a favor. He's like, save, save your energy, save yourselves, relax. You already have the job. 
don't right. don't have to prove anything to me how nice is that it's it's refreshing as hell especially right. like nothing against janet janet i love her to death we have a great right. personal relationship for years and years i danced for her i learned a lot of my work ethic from her it's a very different feeling in that camp it's right. just a very opposite feeling they're 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 asking you to be on your shit 24 7 and if right. you slip then they're looking at you like yeah you <laughs> might be time to go your job yeah right so it was nice it was nice to hear that he kind of respected us and trusted us as artists but um now for this is it who chore- who was choreographing uh kenny ortega was directing travis payne was the lead choreographer Got and it. he had stacy walker and tony testa as assistant choreographer. right who was discussed to as a chorus boy in the disco number and dream girls with yes um Kenny was actually directing now. Yes. And he was subsequently directing the documentary movie that would later become This Is It. Or there were just crews sort of capturing crews it that Kenny for later image. went to work on as a filmmaker. Exactly. That one. Yeah, and edited yeah. into This Is It. Yeah, it was all captured for B-roll footage, which is why I'm not, you know rolling in dough at this point off of that movie and, and making hundreds of thousands of dollars in residuals that. because yeah. we shot it as B-roll footage and we signed a release form. Yeah. So it turned into this huge movie and AEG got <laughs> paid. <laughs> AEG, who interestingly owns Nokia, Staples, and LA Live. Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you all through that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, have yeah. to go back and watch that. Blonde, bleach blonde, white, platinum hair. You can't miss me. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and how long were you up and running with rehearsals before he passed away? Uh, three months. Three months. Three months. So that's a long time. It was a long time. We and, were a week away from going to London. Right. Where where the show was to have opened to at open, the... We had 50 shows in London at the O2. At the O2 Arena. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... Um, how did you find out that he'd passed away? We were we were all there in rehearsals. We were in the dressing room, and we started getting texts from friends saying, "What's going on?" We start we turned on the TV, we turned on TMZ. They were the first ones to report about it. Right. We're like, it's a rumor. It's fake. Could be a publicity stunt. The, right. One of the assistant choreographers kept coming in the room, being like, "We we think it's a publicity stunt." Blah 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 blah. We're getting more information. A lot of back and forth. A lot of like. Until we found out, it was very skeptical. Surreal. Very surreal. No one thought. I never, never thought, never thought it would it would be what it turned out to be. Um, yeah. Finally, she came back in and she was crying, and we knew, and she said it. And when she said it, it was just like the hammer dropped. Totally, and um, just for everybody. I think for, everyone. For everyone. One of those no one. We did, no one knew what to Everyone do. remembers where they were when they heard Michael Jackson. Exactly. Died. Exactly. No one knew. So what to weird. Do. Um, and for us, it was. It was, like we didn't leave, you know. Even though that we knew it was over, we 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 didn't leave the arena. Like we stayed together. The whole crew, everyone joined in Kenny's dressing room, and everyone was just like talking, Kenny was there. And crying. Kenny was there. Kenny was. Right. He took sort of charge and care of everyone. Although he was devastated, we were all devastated. Yeah. I, I remember the what made me like realize it the most was walking by on the way to Kenny's dressing room, walking by the stage, and they were pulling it down already. And we wow. had been there, and that stage had been built, and we were there for, for like two weeks now at Staples, and it was just so surreal. It was like, but yeah, there's no Michael, there's no show. and wow. More than being sad about losing the job and losing the experience, it was devastating that we lost Michael, and we were so yeah. close to him. And it was it was just so many things. Yeah. Um, so that's why I say it's like bittersweet, because yeah, like I booked the biggest job you can book as a dancer, yeah. but it disappeared right in front of me like that. 
Yeah. And now there's like, a, it's kind of, I think it happened for a reason. Now there's like this void that I feel like I, I'm going to have to try to fill for the rest of my life. <laughs> of that experience. Of that experience to try right. to have like, because everything about it was aiming to be perfection because that's what Michael was about. So it was like right. the lighting and the costuming and like the way we were treating that show. I had never been so focused, committed, and believed in what I was doing in my life. Right. <laughs> so. There's so many, like any big event like that in someone's life, there are so many interesting perspectives that you can view it through, not yeah. the least of which is you're dancing with a guy who represents basically the peak of that art form at that moment in time and, and sort of stood at the peak for decades almost. So not only professionally and artistically, are you collaborating with watching, observing, interacting, learning from, um, the peak, but he happens, but it happens to be someone who was an icon to you personally, who was responsible for you doing what you do. Yeah. Absolutely. But the other thing is, so as you move forward from that point, you'll always look back on that and you'll you'll always have that and that will be a huge thing yeah. for your kids, for your grandkids yeah. to know oh, that yeah, oh, you know, dad danced with Michael Jackson, but the inter- sobering thing that I just thought of is it's like, wow, you know, not, not only did you dance with Michael Jackson, but you danced with Michael Jackson at the end of his life, life yeah. which is so bizarre. We were the last people you know? to share the stage with him. <laughs> How bizarre is that? Yeah. I mean, there's so many interesting angles on that, on that experience, you know? Yeah. It's so weird. No, it's, it's, there's so many things. I mean, Michael always played a huge part in my life and in my family's life. And my mom was a bigger Michael fan than I ever was. You know, she was, like I said, a, a professional ballet dancer, right. but her whole life was dance and movement and music. And, um, I, <laughs> Funny enough, like we needed a ballet teacher while we were rehearsing. They took, they put us through Pilates training and all this core training. And then they decided like, Hey, we should do some ballet. And someone said, Hey, right. Misha's mom's a ballet teacher. So she actually got to come in and train us. She's in the movie. Cool is that? She's in the movie. She's the comic relief of the movie. She's talking is about, she? she's talking about <laughs> grabbing, she's talking about dancing, which she does all the time. She's crazy. She's short, Russian, five foot, crazy, absolutely out of her mind, but the right. most beautiful, passionate still person. still living in Colorado, ever. right? No, she lives here, actually. Oh, she, she lives in LA. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll get over to that. Um, but she, um, she's talking about dancing from your balls and how Michael is grabbing and connecting and from, that's just kind of the core. And, and she's, and it's not bullshit. She's actually talking about dancing from your balls as a man. You're, there's right. a lot that you pull from. It's kind of right. funny, but, uh, she's talking about that in the movie. And, right. um, just, it was just a big accomplishment for her personal life to be of able to, to grasp that, to train his dancers. He came into rehearsal one day and we were all taking ballet and he stood there and did this ballet pose and walked over and she fucking lost her mind. What I've never seen like? her. What did it look like? Out of her core. She just like dropped down and like bowed to him. And he like, <laughs> he like picked her up, like wouldn't let her bow and like gave her a hug and gave her, cause she was out of her goddamn mind. It was amazing. I've never <laughs> seen her so happy. So it was like, it was sort of a, like the whole family experience. And at the, at the premiere of the movie, my mom was there and got to see the movie and just, where was the premiere Misha? I think it was, I was downtown. trying to remember. It was at Nokia. I think it was at Nokia. Right. Yeah, probably. Go figure. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I think Condon and I saw that movie actually at the Regal, which is open mm-hmm. right next to the Nokia down there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 And even that for us was, 
I don't want to get too sentimental about it, but it was a little weird watching that movie so close to yeah, where, where it was all shot, was shot in the same way that, again, it's, you know, I'm treading lightly here because it's literally 9-11 is where we're recording this. But when Bill was in New York uh, and going in and out of New Jersey to shoot his Kinsey biopic with Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. I went out there for a visit and that was over uh, the summer of probably 2003, I think. I should know, um, but I saw that the we saw that first Matrix sequel in this multiplex. I think it's a Lowe's that's literally right beside Ground Zero, and like most movie theaters in uh, Manhattan, it's all escalators because yeah. they can only build up, right? So right. you're getting on seven escalators to get up to Auditorium Number Twenty Two or whatever, where you're going to see this thing. And as you're going up all these escalators, you're looking down into the empty cavity of Ground Zero to go see a Matrix Matrix movie, which is in its way kind of like not unrelated to all of that. It was just really weird. So um, I have never gone back and watched. When I saw Tony Testa after, it was definitely after... Um, he, it was after Michael Jackson had died, but it was before the movie came out or maybe it was just after the movie came out. I was like, I remember we came out of the movie going like, where's the moonwalk? (laughs) And he's like, oh, it'll be on the DVD. It'll be a special feature on the DVD or something like that. And I've never, I own the DVD and like 10,000 DVDs. I've never put it in. He never did it. He always did the in place one or kind of marked where it would probably go. You know, right. Right. He was, he was saving himself, saving himself. Like he said, right. (laughs) Right. Um, how was your experience on step up? Uh, Honestly, amazing. Was it all shot in Miami? Yes, it was. It was, um, it was, tell me about the director. Yeah, director Scott Spear. He's a friend of John Chu's. Um, okay. I think that's how probably. And John Chu directed how many of two the, and three? Two and three. Two and three. And Who directed the original? I have no idea. Come uh, on, kids. No one. And Fletcher. Adam Shankman's. Adam Shankman's. Sis. No Je- choreographer. Jennifer Gibbons. She's a choreographer. She's partner. Friend, friend of Adam's, I think. Like worked, okay. worked under him or um, right or. Maybe he worked under her at one point. I'm not exactly sure. Step Up actually started, it was produced by Adam Shankman mm-hmm. at Disney. Yes. And then for and then whatever two and reason. two and three were Disney and Summit, I believe. Disney Summit and then hybrid. Just Summit. And this is entirely Summit. Summit owns worldwide, mm-hmm. as we would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so this friend of John Chu's gets the director's chair. Yeah, which um, on the fourth and funny enough, I, I had worked with Scott years ago. He shot a, a high school musical Sarah Lee commercial that I was the assistant choreographer on. Fatima right. actually choreographed. Fatima Robinson Fatima who choreographed Dreamgirls and yes. the Oscars for yes. and with Bill and everything else you've ever seen in your life, probably. Love and adore her. Fatima is very well known. Yeah, no, I love She's her. Awesome. She's like my aunt, but um. She anyway, she, she she choreographed. I assisted choreography on this this thing. So during the audition process for Step Up, both me and Scott were looking at each other like, "I know this guy. I don't know where I know you from, but I know." It. And it was finally the last my last audition. We found out that we had worked together. And well, how funny! Do you think that great. played a part in you booking it? It could have, yeah. It might yeah. have helped a little bit. And he knew that I, hopefully, he knew that I could 
produce some sort of results on the dancing tip because I never auditioned dance wise. Sort of, I, I, I was humbled to say that my reputu- reputation sort of preceded me in that sense, and they yeah. just made me audition as an actor. They knew I could dance. So. Right, right. Which How awesome cool. is that? Which is great. No, it was, it was really great. I know everybody else sort of. When's it coming on home video? Do you know? <clears throat> on DVD? I, yeah, I read it. I'm, I read it the other day. Some were quick. I don't remember. Fall. Fall. Yeah. And we are in fall. Yeah. So within the next month Maybe or so. November? I would think I'm gonna look that up while we're sitting here bullshitting because uh, we're we've got um, we're doing a show. I'm like pre-recording and then banking a show, which I think we've only ever done out of necessity if I was leaving the country or whatever. Oh, but cool, cool. With the DVD produ- producer for um, Ridley Scott's Prometheus, which comes out I think in October. But cool, Prometheus yeah. is a summer movie, so. Mm-hmm. Um, what what was the release date for Step Up Revolution? July twenty seventh. Oh, so that was a summer movie too. Um, <clears throat> so suddenly, so no rehearsals in L.A. Nope. Everything is in Miami. Everything is in Miami. How many months did you spend living in Miami? Three and a half. And was that just a um, a nonstop drug and sex fueled? <laughs> experience absolutely guys, not like not for Twilight me saga. <laughs> absolutely not i uh i actually was was really nervous about the acting thing and wanted my brain to be in full capacity so i kept kept pretty clean what did you do to um get ready for that did you work with somebody yeah i worked with sarah mornell who was actually kenny's coach before he booked footloose and okay um i started working with her during the audition process and then when i got the job went really in depth with her and, and she really prepared me and then as well as Cameron Thor which is funny enough also who Kenny worked with before he shot Footloose he was brought in by Summit to work with the actors right he's another acting coach he's amazing they're both amazing they both really like I feel like prepared me in the right way for the role November 27 Misha boom my yeah. mom's birthday well you now we you know what get you're her. getting her yeah. yeah what's up um so you had a good experience on that? I did. I mean, it was a lot of all of our, it was like a lot of our first times, like first time direct director, first time right. as the lead, right. um, on both leads, actually my first time. Right. One of the producers, it was his first time. Who was that? Matt Smith. Okay. He, he works with Shankman and, and Give Got. And Got uh, it. it was just, it was good. I think everyone sort of simultaneously felt the pressure together and was just sort of making sure they were doing their, their job good and right. not really looking at, you know, other people, it can get intimidating, especially. Sure. You know? Sure. I had been on a movie set before, never in that capacity. So it was good to, to know that Scott was also worried about his own ass, I think. <laughs> Not right. too worried about mine. Right. So, Tell me something about your character. Um, He's very Which much like me. probably the most formal much, question I'll ever ask he's you. He's very much like me. Um, I, I was up for Sean. I was up for the lead. Mm-hmm. And about the fourth audition in they handed me the sides for eddie they said we want you to read for eddie and the minute i read the sides i was like yeah uh, this is way better this is me really he's uh hothead um he's quick quick to react he's aggressive i'm i'm a little bit older and more grown he's like younger me Right. Like me in Vegas with Kenny gambling when I was like 19, not giving a fuck. Right. You know, just sort of that mentality. Right, <laughs> right, right. How awesome is that? Awesome. It was, it was really cool to play. And how much, you are, how much are you auditioning since? 
Um, I, a, a fair amount. Like I said, it's it's been hard. I've been finding it hard to balance that whole world. Who are you with? Agency. Yeah. I'm not signed an agency yet. Okay. I'm with Caliber Media. I'm with Jared, who's man. Everyone on this show is going to think that me and Kenny are like oh, the most Jared serious also bromance. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny, Jared, Jared reps Kenny. He sort of he sort of the bromance of all time. He sort of put in a good word for me during the audition process. Right. And sort of had my back and. I found out that I booked it through Jared. Actually, Kenny's the one who told me that I booked the job. He found out through Jared. Right. Jared was the first to find out before I got the f- official call from Scott and, and Shankman. So right. Right. <clears throat> he kind of had my back, and so it made sense for him to rep me. And I think he's he's you know sort of waiting for me to jump in fully because it's hard for me to balance out my choreography career being at its sort of peak right now and taking sure. off, and then me you know, having to throw all that away and go, I'm just going to study these lines for the next two days and go read for this part. Now, in terms of your, in terms of the business of your choreography, how do you find out about gigs? How do you submit yourself for gigs? What's the infrastructure of that? How does that uh, I mean, it depends, work? it depends on the gig. I, I dance on dance with the stars six times, six different performances. They know me there. Okay. Um, so my agent, when I told them that I wanted to, to do Your a piece, dance agent? my dance agent, okay. which is block dance agency. Um, when okay. I, when I said I wanted to do a piece on the show, they said, we'll get you a meeting. And I know them very well. I know the, the, the main producer there okay. very well. So they got me a meeting and I pitched an idea. They went for it. And that's how that happened. Um, other okay. jobs, people, Look out for me. Fatima's played a really huge part of my choreography career. When I did American Idol, uh, it was for this artist, Stefano, who was on last year's. She directed the job and fully gave me creative choreography control. So that was the first time I was in charge of an artist, not assisting her, but choreographing. And she was directing. And I think she was happy with the result. That's been happening more. I just did a number for her for Cheryl Cole last week. So Fatima definitely... Like I said, she's like my own. Yeah, definitely. I'll never get her on this show. I wouldn't (laughs) even think to. Her thing is uh, Fatima Matt Cohen. So she's well. Even if I could guess how old she was, I still I wouldn't say it. But she's she's an um, she's experienced, but she is the most she's she's literally probably the most sophisticated personality I've ever met in my life. Absolutely. Everybody, I well, not everybody, but. Most of the people I know who have met her want to sleep with her. <laughs> she is so elegant. She's like a panther. And her thing is... <laughs> She's like a queen. Her, uh, queen her constant refrain anytime we see each other is, um, when are you going to have me up to that house? I want to come up and swim naked <laughs> in that like pool. <laughs> She's obsessed with swimming naked in the pool here. <laughs> Which I don't think she's ever Let her, done. you dick. Come on. <laughs> you got a pool. Don't be an she's asshole. She's so awesome. She is so awesome. She really is. I would love to get her on here. And she needs to be directing feature films. Films, yeah. She definitely does. I don't know why. I don't know what the, the holdup there is, although I think she's also spread thin in yeah. her life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Professionally, because oh my she God. pursues she's, she's so many different things. daily. Daily, yeah, which is yeah. amazing. It's it's amazing and inspiring to see a choreographer be able to make that sort of career off of just choreography jobs. Yeah, and, and her to to live the lifestyle that she does because we're sort of lower on the food chain, I think, than the theatrical world. Right. You know. Right. So it's inspiring to see. She's amazing. Uh, that's awesome that she's she's continually coming, circling she, back around and supporting you. Over she and over and she over has again. over the years. She's, she was one of the first people to ever give me my break as a choreographer. She directed, um, uh, Hillary Duff's tour. I auditioned. 
I auditioned okay. for Hillary Duff's tour actually, and that was okay. the first job that we met. And I I booked the tour, and I remember seeing a stack of papers on her desk one day with different choreographers that were submitting, and I knew all of them. And I was like, I'm dancing on this tour, you know. And I just sort of manned up one day and went up to her and said, Hey, like I I choreograph as well, and I would love the opportunity to show you my stuff. Right. She said, Here's one of her songs. Take it. Try something. If I like it, we'll use it. And she liked it. I did one number. She gave me two more songs. I did three numbers on the tour. Wow. And that sort of set it all off. <laughs> How awesome is that? It was, it was. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. She's very free. Yeah. She is clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there magazines or newspapers that you read or websites that you go on to to keep up with things or not so much in your is universe? Twitter a magazine? <laughs> yeah, Twitter is a magazine. Yes, Twitter is yes. a magazine. <laughs> a magazine. <laughs> we should actually refer Describe to Twitter. You Twitter. can refer to your own, Misha. I will... Um, At Misha Gabriel. M-I-S-H-A-G-A-B-R-I-E-L. No. Well, yes, in case you didn't get that the first time, but I meant <laughs> I actually have to... Um, let me just look look at mine. Having announced that you were coming on the show today, all right. Who um, who took us on? You know. Mm-hmm. I asked if there were any uh, if there were any questions from your twenty three thousand followers. gold. <laughs> hey man, do you ever like cheat? And um, it's, I guess it's not cheating. Like, do you ever go out to like nightclubs or, or parties and shit like that? And when do you? Do you uh, do you go half speed? Or do, you, do you know what I mean? Or <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, I don't know. Or do what you, you let mean. it? What well, are you talking about? Well, let's say he goes to a party. He's a fucking amazing professional dancer. He's yeah. going to outshine every single other person there. So, <laughs> yeah. like Superman when he played football as Clark Kent, never really hit as hard Way as he could. Way to translate it for our listeners, yeah. <laughs> Matt Cohen. You know what I mean? So, do you do you dance to your all, or do you kind of like tone it down a little? bit? It honestly depends on the situation. I usually I don't go in with the intention of dancing at all like i don't you like don't to want dance to yeah, 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 yeah. it's my time off i don't want to go back to work it. Yeah, yeah. but with music comes on if i'm having a few drinks like i will start to move a little bit if i'm in the zone and, and I, there's a song i really like i'll put down my drink you'll I'll go make all a, out i'll make space and i'll go all out right and on, if right, there's a girl awesome. then sometimes that happens no well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, I, imagine, I use yeah, it to yeah. my advantage you have, yeah, you have like a superpower in your back pocket whatever you want dude yeah yeah i got made fun of when i was 12 for doing ballet and now i'm stealing your girl so um one of our, uh, one of your tweets, I suspect yours or, or Kenny's tweets. Amy Allen wants to know, from presumably you and Kenny, um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? You just said he already has one. I, 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 yeah, um, the ability to steal people's girlfriends through dancing. No, I'm the ability to steal people's girlfriends. How often do you go out? A good amount. More and more now as I get older, I think. But I know more people that How old are get you? me connected. I'm 25. Yeah, more and more as you get older. Because I can get in now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know more people that, that can get me in. I don't and like where do you go? Lines. I go to Hyde. I go to Block. Um, I go to, uh, what's that? Uh, Greystone, Suburb Club sometimes. Right. Wherever, like I said, wherever I don't have to wait in line, wherever someone's just going to hook me up and give me a table, maybe a bottle, and I can just none enjoy them, myself. <laughs> here's the thing, though, something I've talked about with Kenny. None of them have dance floors or dance spaces that are really anything to speak of. No, you can't, especially hide. Oh, man. Nothing. But it's just it's fun to go, I guess. Right? Yeah. It's rather- like... We live in Los Angeles, for fuck's sake. I mean, in the club, everything closes here too, which is the worst. Which the worst. I can't stand the nightlife here. Like, why even go out? By the time you get going, it's like, let's leave and let's go to somebody's house. <laughs> and where do you go in New York? 
Um, I haven't been out a whole lot in New York. Hmm. Okay. But I heard like the box is somewhere like pretty special. Huge box, yeah. See, all my only experience with this, and and as I get older, <laughs> much older, <laughs> I find myself wanting to go out more and more. Yeah. When I was a, when I was in my early twenties, I went to gay clubs, stood against the wall, and then dropped out for like twenty years and never went back. But here's <laughs> the thing: those gay clubs in the early 90s in New York City and Manhattan, like the Roxy, you would look out on the dance floor, there'd be 3,000 people on that dance floor. That's fucking amazing. And there's something to me, there's a club, a legendary club uh, in London called Heaven that's still open under the arches, as it were, where Freddie Mercury used to hang out. And again, it's just a vast, cavernous, dark, loud space. And I'm not so into gay clubs really at all anymore mm-hmm. but what i want from a big straight club is just a big cavernous big space yeah. Uh, yeah i just want a big fucking dance <laughs> cave and like my first question when kenny and i were sort of um just falling into touch with each other it's like oh all right we should jump on the phone dude and i was like i have one question for you that won't wait where do you hang out and what dance clubs do you hang out and then he was like dude there's nothing, there's nothing there are no big cavernous spaces like you would find even in vegas i guess yeah, yeah, yeah. well they have like they have um it's completely it's weak. the scene has completely changed because now it's it's not dance music it's like uh dubstep and electronica and they have a lot of like little festivals and shit like the uh electronic daisy carnival or whatever it's called well here's EDC. the thing so those are giant raves with like totally thousands and thousands and thousands totally. of people dancing at one time that's the closest totally. you get i feel and they're all put on by Big promoters. Insomniac, I think, is the name of the company behind EDC. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll find, Misha, that you'll come on the show again. I'm the guy who always provides the useless background information. (laughs) Good on you for that one, dude. I didn't take you as a raver. But here's the thing. (laughs) So I read a fat article, which is probably a killer article, in the LA Times about the LA Stock Exchange building downtown, which just operates under the name The Exchange now. And Insomniac has taken over two nights a week there, Friday and Saturday nights. Now, the lead in this article was, where did Cascade go after playing his sold-out show at Staples after hours to play a completely fresh and different set? Insomniac at Exchange, right? So last Saturday night, I rolled down there (laughs) looking to see what it was like. Having been promised something called the L.A. Stock Exchange, you would assume a big, empty fucking space, you know? And it was mostly terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. What altered substance were you on that would made you go to a, a, a rave club on a Saturday night in downtown L.A.? Because Insomniac runs that club Friday nights and Saturday nights. But I didn't know. Have you been to EDC? Like, are you a fan of clubbing? Yes. Oh, I did not know this, sir. I've been to EDC, Matt Cohen. Wow. What's up? Changing perceptions and shit. I know, right? Uh, Okay, right on, dude. I didn't know you were into that. But here's the thing. So you read this article that says, oh, where does Cascade play? And then you hear historic, massive building. And then you hear Insomniac. Was it not historic and massive? Well, you walk in. it's, It's a big building. Have you been, Misha? I haven't. It's a big building. It's a really interesting space. They can fit a lot of bodies in that space. And I've no doubt that the sound, the sound and light systems are both state-of-the-art and, you know, worth millions. But when I went down there, it was all 
the set deck, shall we say, was like Blade Runner done for Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> As I think I said to you, Misha. That's awesome. Super kind of glowy, yeah, but also yeah. super cheap. Cheesy. Yeah. And there weren't that many people there. It was, I would say, one one thirty. So if there aren't that many people here, when are they getting here? And then literally, like, as I was wandering around, they closed the, the downstairs bar. So it's like, I, mean, who wants to I don't really think they're downtown, coming tonight. Really. That's the problem. Lots of people. Problem. Uh, yeah. Not me, man. Not, not, LA. not, not I, downtown LA. No. Really? I stay, no. I steer clear of I stay, downtown. Yeah. I go get ramen in Little Tokyo. That's about it. But, like, I don't go. There's a cool bar called, like, the um, Edison or whatever. There's a couple, like. There are lots of cool bars cool places, there. Villain's Tavern. It's hard to drag someone down there because first you have to drive, which which negates, like, you're not going to take a cab from your house here, which means, like. True. You're either going to drive drunk or get a ride True. from someone. True. So it's just, it would, it would be like the equivalent of you live in New York going to New Jersey to get a fucking drink or to go party or something. If you're in Manhattan, right. it just, it's too geographically. Disparate, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But again, if you want a big cavernous space, yeah, where is Insomniac taking over Friday and Saturday nights? Not a space here in no, Hollywood. No, of course not. Oh, I agree, but you said it wasn't even fun, so fuck them. Well, it wasn't that <laughs> night, but it made me wonder. It made me wonder if, number one, the LA Times article did them in, but then the CEO for Insomniac was quoted all through that article. So clearly they were aware of and participating fully with it, which then made me also wonder, Oh, is this article gotten via a publicist out of a position of desperation? I'm not sure that night sucked. Will I try it again? Maybe, but what I'm all about with Misha here is finding out where where it's at, where to go. Yeah. So, Kenny's whole thing was certainly like if you want to watch great dance, because I think that the irony with all of this is there's no one who hasn't seen the Flow Rida video from uh, Step Up 2 or Step Up 3 with David Guetta, Club Can't Handle Me. You haven't seen it. I'm so Colin, bad with so that lame. shit, dude. Yeah, anyway, yeah. It's, there's nothing so special about like that video fish. in that it's a giant cavernous a dance I like, club. I'm a fish head. Like, I'm a fucking hippie. Like, I don't know who David Guetta is. I've heard the name, but come on, come on. I'm way behind the times, dude. I'm All right. Well, lame. my point is this video is like many others. There are tons of people dancing in the video. It's like any video that would be, that would have come out to pump a single off from a soundtrack from a step up movie, right, right. right? People look at those videos and might rightly assume, gee, if you live in LA or New York, there must be tons of clubs like this that are were just nonstop limos and uh, and, and artists doing dance all breaks in the up, middle. Yeah, of and, the, and all the this crazy shit is happening. Um, and Kenny's thing was like the only thing that happens that's any good, that's sometimes good, when they're not having a theme night like they did last Tuesday, where the theme was oh, Aladdin, the gay Aladdin at that was circus or um, carnival, carnival at. It's at Avalon now. Avalon, mm-hmm. which used, used to be, to be called the, the Palace, and before that was called something else. And, and they used to be at the Key Club. Carnival used to be held at the Key Club. And in the same Sunday. sense that Cascade, like Skrillex played for like a half hour on Saturday night at Avalon this weekend. Like random people oh, still sit in. So that's like a bigger one, I guess. Does Skrillex mean anything to you? To me personally, no, but he's giant. Okay. So I can't name a song of his. Like I can't distinguish him between Dead Mouse and fucking 
Fast Nectar and the rest of those things. It's all video okay. game music. I like it sometimes. Right. Okay. But like, I can't name my favorite Skrillex song. It's the one that goes. Skrillex is the one that makes you want to fucking jump off of this balcony that I'm looking over. Right on. I just know it's a little much. He looks like a muppet. yourself. It's a little much. Like like a friendly muppet, not like a disparaging remark. But he's like he's like four foot ten and has like really stringy hair and he's like a tiny little guy. Like right, like animal. Walter from the Muppet movie. It's aggressive. Right. Yeah, it's a lot. I do like Dead Mouse more than Skrillex, actually. Yeah, now right. that I think Dead about Mouse it. has some some cool stuff. It's still weird that that's music now, though. But yeah, getting Dead Mouse has a song Carnival, called The Belt that I'm like obsessed with. Dance club show night. Like, there's an, a stage. It's all and, choreographers. It's all choreographers. And do you, how how often do you go? Uh, honestly, once a year, maybe. It's usually really? shit. It's usually shit. Really? Yeah. Uh, when they do like their anniversary, which is every January, that's a good month to usually go because they usually pull out some good choreographers. Right. I'm not hating on different choreographers. It's usually it's just usually amateur night, and LA is like all about the dance fads, and everyone's doing the same thing, and it's just right. it's, it's people go there to get drunk and to see the other dancers. No one really goes to watch the show, to be honest. Now, tell me about the event you guys were talking about when we had dinner the other night that the, then came off the Dancers Alliance event. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, it was, was uh, it? it was awesome. Actually, Kenny performed, right. Um, it was to celebrate that the music video, the music videos finally have like a union contract type thing where right. we're, we're getting paid the amount that we should. Um, so we don't get dicked over by certain people in the business and, right. um, you know, it was just, it was just cool for dance. It was like this moment where we'd worked for a long time to, to get to there. And, and so they were like celebrating it and they had a little performance it was down in Hollywood and Highland. Yeah, it was um, at what are they calling that Boulevard, these days? Boulevard Three. Boulevard Three. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kenny performed. They did "Like I Love You." They sort of did a tribute to music videos. Brian Friedman, who was Britney Spears' choreographer back in the day, came out and did "Slave for You" with a bunch of Britney's old dancers. Okay. Um, Travis Payne came out with Tina Landon, who was Janet's choreographer, and did "Scream." Michael okay. and Janet "Scream." Okay. So it was cool. It was a cool dance event. It was cool to see all the dancers and everybody was sort of psyched about it. I, it doesn't mean so much to me anymore because I'm not dancing in music videos. Right. Could have used the extra few hundred dollars back in the day. I mean, when you when you are dancing mu- music videos, that couple hundred dollars after taxes makes a huge makes deal. Makes a huge difference. Makes a yeah. huge difference. So how much did it cost you to get into that event? <laughs> Nothing. Come on. Okay. Come on. Good. Me and Kenny at a table. Come Good. On. I was just saying. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going. Um, was it well attended? Yeah. I, I, actually, yeah, it was great. Packed? Packed, yeah. That's packed. awesome. What packed. time did it start? Started at 9, went to about 11, and then we kept going. I'm trying to think why I could not go to that. There was something that I had last Tuesday night that fucked me. That was a conflict. It was cool. I can't um, think of what the hell it was. I totally wanted to go to that. Evan anyway. came. You know Evan? I don't. Evan from... Um, Paramount. Kenny's buddy, Evan. Evan. No, no. Who works at Paramount? Yeah, he works at Paramount. What's he do? Um, he's, I forgot what his old job. He just got promoted and he's like CEO or not CEO. He's like in charge of finding new films. I don't know. what Creative the executive. CE. CE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Got it. Um, so what's a, what, what are most, so how many nights a week are you going out? Two, one. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I can't. And what are you doing the rest of the time? Um, I, I just I'm a homebody, man. I stay early to home. bed, early to rise. Not not really go to bed early. I just like to stay home and to do a lot at home. Where are you I, living? I, I live in Glendale right now, which is part, Glendale, which is part of the reason right. I don't go out so much. It's, it's nothing to it's do. It's a fucking process for me. Like I said, either I have to 
drive drunk or I have to fucking take a cab or leave my my car here, and that's I hate all those options. So right, <laughs> if it's worth going, if it's like an event, I'll go. But I don't usually just go out to go out. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just. What are your days like? It depends. I mean, if I'm working on a job, I'm usually on set or working. Um, if I'm not, like today, it's just it kind of depends on what I want to do. I can teach. I teach dance classes. Right. I Where do you do that? Go to the uh, the gym. I teach at Millennium. I teach at the studio called Movement Lifestyle. They're both in the Valley. Okay. Um, so a lot of the time I, I'm kind of just lost in my my crazy artist world, and I like to wake up, listen to music, and just create and and sort of think about projects and. <clears throat> audition if there's something there but right. just sort of stay involved in, in in my work you know right so you've been in la for eight years now mm-hmm. how are you liking it it's home it's home to me i moved around a lot as a kid so it's like this is about equals up to about the longest i've ever lived in a place right and it's it's home i don't see myself going anywhere how often do you find yourself moving from one village to another and within la Right now, you're in the village of Glendale. This as is it like were. my fourth, fourth or fifth place. I've right. I've been pretty set in where I've stayed. I'm moving out of this house because I need to get back closer to the valley, closer to, the closer to Hollywood. Yeah, as absolutely. It were. Yeah, because of work and just just for everything. <laughs> just where do you think you'll go. move? I'm I'm in between like Studio City, going back there, or like the tip of Hollywood, sort of this area, sort of where Kenny lives at. Totally. Right before it gets into you know crazy Hollywood. Right, right. I'm just not sure. It's sort of like my, my life in a sense. It's like, do I want to stay in the valley where I can just hop in the studio in like two minutes? Or do I want to come here where it's going to be quicker for me to get to my acting auditions? Yeah. Which direction do I see myself taking? It's kind of like whichever one comes about, to me first. Yeah. yeah, totally. That's revealing about a certain facet of living in LA is you yeah. sort of have to think in, in terms of what are you doing? proximity to freeways. Basis. And yeah, what, yeah. what makes up your days and what are your life? Oh yeah, there's only life a al- certain amount of things you're allowed to do in, in a day because of the traffic in LA. Like, totally. You, <laughs> I was looking at uh, houses not too long ago, and there was a house on, I believe it was Laurel Canyon Boulevard. And I was like, I'm not going to even go look. And the guy was like, come on, go look. And I was like, dude. It I'm was, not getting on Laurel Canyon. I'm not going to move on Laurel Canyon. And he was like, yeah. come on, man, look. It's not that bad. You just have to figure out what times of the day you can leave your house. And I was no. Like, not gonna <laughs> no, spend, I don't. not going to spend a lot of money on a fucking house so I can be trapped in there for <laughs> six hours out of the day. Totally. Like, that's retarded. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I never understood people who live above Sunset and Sunset Plaza. Oh, it's so desirable. It's like, what? You're trapped up there. You're trapped, and it takes like 20 minutes once you get above Sunset to get to a house in there. I've driven for like six miles in those fucking On narrow, winding roads. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. The views are cool, but that's if you want to only stay at your house forever. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. But here in Los Angeles, where you can have everything from groceries to drugs to sex delivered <laughs> to your house 24 hours a day. It's not always a bad thing, I guess, right? <laughs> you have a nice enough house, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. How are we doing, Con? We are at about 58. What's up, Misha? What's good? What it's do you want It's easy, now? right? Yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's easy. We do this all day long. It's so easy. Well, the second part that you'll enjoy just as much, if not more so, is listening to it 10 times. <laughs> Like Jack does. Do you still do that? No, do you still dude, I haven't even listened to last back week's where I oh, proposed okay. to Kyle Benici. I haven't even listened to it yet. I start, list, I start, and then I get up and I walk away and I don't come back or whatever. <laughs> it's weird. Um, yeah, no, I think we're good. I don't, I mean, 
You have no follow-up questions for the gentleman? I don't think so. Can and you I think, dance, um, Jack? I, unfortunately, I tweeted, you motherfucker. That's a question. Can yeah, you, are you, I'll answer that in a second. Oh, you have answered this partly before. Yeah. Is it working? It hasn't started, it started yet. yet. No. You know about it, too? Know yeah, about yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to have a follow-up show. Here's the thing. Here's off, the thing. I'll, ta- I'll talk about off. it because it'll push us over the hour mark. Yeah. We have no further questions for Misha because, unfortunately, right before you rolled up, I tweeted a photo of that spider above my door, <laughs> and it threw my whole TL. <laughs> I just literally said, what, and looked Sheila around like I was going to get size yeah. spider that's right above the front door. Fuck that. You had me walk in through As that? I was walking back in, Dude, Adam Cook was like, here. stop, back up. Back up, back up. Anyway, so going over to London last fall, I knew I would be drinking heavily for the first time in my life. I knew that it was logical that dance might follow, right? (laughs) So I started texting Fatima, and I'm like, girl, I'm going over to London, and I'm fucked. Like, I'm white. I'm in my 40s. What the fuck? You know, so she goes, come on, just come on over, come on over for a couple hours. Just come on over. We'll hang out. We'll maybe have some drinks. <laughs> just come over. Right. So I go over to her studio on Sunset and I brought with me Eric Odom. He'll love that I'm telling this story on him, <laughs> who you met over dinner did, yeah. the other night. And um, Eric had a friend of his in town named Chauncey from Norfolk, Virginia, Black dude, super, super smooth. <laughs> Basically a male Fatima, right? So, and let's just say, as I'll go all into it, as Chauncey was leaving the, that first session, he was like, I want to get with her. Yeah. <laughs> so I started texting of Fatima, course. and she was like, uh, it's always the young ones. It's always <laughs> the young ones. Anyway, so Odom, Chauncey, and I roll up, on, roll up at Fatima's place. We go in there. Chauncey, of course, as an African-American male, is born with it, (laughs) right? Picks it up. Awesome. Eric and I, awkward and awkwarder. (laughs) And it's terrible. And I realize as we're in it, who's awkwarder? Me. For the win. I realize right as we get into it, it's like, you know, that impulse that I often have of, Oh, scuba certification, which which I just did with Odom. Let's get other people involved because when we go scuba diving, I want it to be a social thing. I'll never go by myself. Right, right, right. I want to go with a bunch of other guys. So let's a bunch of us get certified at the same time. So we did. I often have that impulse. So I bring these two guys with me. Number one, Chauncey should have been fucking left home. How dare he? <laughs> Number two, it's like... It, it's bad enough that you're there with with someone like Fatima who can dance, who's looking at how terrible you are. It's intimidating, yeah. <laughs> Let alone, there's something like not good. Usually, Eric is is a total wingman for me. It's it's just not good. It's not working. It was terrible. It was fucking awful. It was awful, right? <laughs> so, to her, again, unbelievable credit. Yeah. She starts on me right away as we're driving away with the text message. Don't give up on me. When are you coming back? Get your ass back here. So then here's the thing. I go back. I'm 44 years old. I go back like a week later. It's just her and me. She's cleaned out the place. She puts on beautiful people. 
by Chris Brown, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, let's just dance on each other for a while. <laughs> and so we started, and here's the thing. 30 seconds in, something clicked, and it was a revelation, and it was so awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome and she too. was like, I like this that you're doing, and I like that mm-hmm. you're, that you're doing. Try this. And I'm suddenly picking things up. And she's like, do that. And I'm picking that up, and then I'm doing something else. And she taking it further and she's like that's awesome that you're doing and i was there for like 90 minutes Lost and it was that. yeah. revelatory that's fun right dude it was awesome huh. it yeah. was awesome that was that was me at comic-con this year dancing like seven hours a night to the point where my feet <laughs> were fucking blistered and bleeding and like at I couldn't the walk. Uh, at every party nerd hq nerd hq every single party i went to and then really? i've been doing it since i got home too now i go out like and go crazy dancing i've never done it before it's fun Cohen, are we going to have to roll together? Where do you know, go? Man. Where do you Random go? Play. A lot of house parties. You go dancing at people in people's houses. People have throw like people have like DJ sets in their houses. Like the, what? The better house, the better dance parties I've been to were like giant house parties. There's your big clubs. dance floor. Yeah, the seriously, that's what it is. Usually, the entire living room is like a dance floor, and they have like crazy shit going on. Not this house. <laughs> Not this house. Um, What's the most number of people you've ever seen dancing in one space in someone's house? Well, we had a, we had a disco theme party in in a Silver Lake where 532 people showed up. We counted, and there were like at least 200 dancing in the in the living room. What? It was insane. Yeah, it was awesome. Everyone was dressed up like 70s and shit. Super what? fun. We're weird. We're weird people. That's kind of awesome. I'll give you an invite next time, man. Well, I didn't even know this about you. You didn't know. That you didn't We're learning know things about, about each other, guys. And you know what? Something that that Fatima said to me from the day one that is so fucking true: liquor, liquor, liquor oh, all day. for the win, because <laughs> it just takes you. It just yeah, me mushrooms too, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I'm an amazing dancer on mushrooms. I'm also very friendly. I'll walk up to people and be like, "You look interesting. We should be friends now. Let's talk." <laughs> We're talking now. We're already friends. That's a, that's a whole different style of social lubricant. Right I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's all good. I think that's it. It's all good. I think that sir. that is my Fatima dancing story. Yeah. Two occasions, one terrible, one blissful. That's good. It was awesome, and I definitely. It's weird. Like then life gets busy on other things, or I put my finger down on other things, like scuba. I'm going Life out this gets week busy for with adve- scuba. You it know did. how that goes. It did. <laughs> but now it's like moving back into the dance thing. So. You should combine That's the good. two, dude. And film so it wait, oh wait, you forgot to mention. So you're gonna you're gonna be doing some some more private lessons. I am, but with, I don't know that I'm going to be doing them with that one. You, We're going to no, have to see. You might be working with Kenny or somebody else, or from, or somebody else, because that one is unreliable. Dude. Oh, is he? I I, so. Yeah, I heard Misha Gabriel does some pretty mean private lessons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and probably cheaper than Kenny Warmall's private not. lessons. <laughs> 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 All right, so that's it. Plug it out one more time. We had a act one, act two, act three, your yes, Twitter handle. My Twitter handle is Misha Gabriel, at Misha Gabriel. Check me out. I-E-L, not that M-I-S-H-A-G-A-B-R-I-E-L. Not that you need any help with your no. fucking 23,000. How many are you up to now, Cohen? Uh, like 6,500. What? 6,500? Like 6, yeah, I'm racing you. It's good. It's good. We're on a roll. Dude. Who, what do we win? Nothing. Dance lessons. We win growing old by ourselves at our computers, <laughs> yes. checking for followers. And like Captain Hook and Peter Pan, old, alone, done for. <laughs> can throw an unloved, too. Um, teamjack.com, 
at un, at team underscore Jack on Twitter, at Jack underscore Morrissey on Twitter, uh, Team Jack at Pinterest, Team Jack at Tumblr, Team Jack not yet at Foursquare. Where would Team Jack Epi- be at illustri- Foursquare? I don't know. Illustrated episode guides. I don't even have the URL for those. They're going to end up at teamjack.com, hopefully. Illustrated. Like us on Facebook. Yeah, we have illustrated episode guides. Have you not seen one of these? No, you mean like the full I mean, episode? How often have I... Have, I've, they're amazing. No, I, I thought you meant illustrated like someone was drawing pictures of us. No, well... Isn't uh, that what illustrated means? I've seen the episode guides. They're fucking amazing. They're like eight Swipe pages is long. is taking a picture of you right now. And by the way... And you're going to draw it out like a picture? Sharon is taking pictures of you right now. <laughs> Any pictures, Sharon? Her last name Sharon, is Sharon, do you need to get a clean one? Do you need to get a clean one of Misha from behind me that doesn't feature my fucking bald spot? Because those are going to be killed. Because he cleaned himself up. So here's a funny story about Misha Gabriel. Barely cleaned so Kenny and I are like going back and forth. We're going to get dinner and I'm bringing Odom, right? So uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm... I'm at a meeting with this dude in Glendale right now, and I'm going to bring him to dinner. And it's like, yeah, okay, whatever, Kenny. If you need uh, need to bring another straight friend along with you, so that like the gay guy or whatever, it's like, don't worry, dude. I'm bringing I'm Eric too. Blanket. So that's three straight guys and one gay guy at the table. So sure then this guy rolls up. No. Shut it, Cohen. So then this guy rolls up with his ball cap on and like twice the facial growth or whatever, and, it's, and like all like in darkness or whatever, right? Uh, just dark clothes or whatever and i'm like oh hey dude nice to meet you and i'd done i'd i'd uh kenny's like is it okay if i bring this guy along so i'm like let me check his imdb page <laughs> totally let me google him, him to make let sure me he's check cool. his imdb page and then i'll approve so i knew that you were in step up right but imdb says like dancer yeah as the character name or something oh, someone yeah my id is, is totally unreliable. lame anyway yeah. so then you roll up and we were like bullshitting and getting to know each other. And then I'm like, well, what else have you done, dude? And I pull up your IMDb picture. And I was like, hang on, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's actually going to be less hilarious because you're looking more like your IMDb picture in the middle of as we record this. But I pull up your, um, your IMDb headshot and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's you? And he's like, yeah, dude. And I was like, I couldn't even see it. I couldn't even see it. So anyway. I like, I like to hide. I like to hide the beauty. Right after that, you went to hide? No, I said, I like to hide the beauty. Oh, right I after see. that, you went to, you just want to fucking dance. Dude, man. I need a nightlight. <laughs> You're like, yeah, give me somewhere to go. Give me somewhere to go. Dude, so here's the, here's the thing. I'll Does pin- moms not want to go out dancing with you? So we have dinner two weeks ago. With the executive director of the Academy, right? The Academy, Don Hudson, who used to be the executive director of Film Independent, which before that was Independent Feature Project West, who every year award the Spirit, Independent Spirit Awards under the tent on the beach in Santa Monica the Saturday before Oscar Sunday, right? She's now the executive director of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. She calls a dinner. We go. She's got with her her head of marketing and publicity, And this guy, Bill Kramer, who is awesome, who is running the Academy Museum Project, which is a huge 
multi-million multi-million dollar project the architect is, or starchitect as they call him is mm-hmm. Renzo Piano who did, who just opened the Shard in London which is the tallest building in Europe oh, opened in July um, and this is going to be the largest most Im- most important most impressive image uh, museum of the moving image in the world right That's cool so here we are having dinner at the old Morton's which is now called like Chicones or something like that, at uh, Robertson Melrose. Beautiful restaurant, great food. And here we are having this dinner, and all these ideas are now being batted back and forth in terms of none of which I can discuss, but the academy interacting with the city, the academy interacting with the movie-going public at large, Mm -hmm. around events around the Oscars, stuff that might happen on the show or, you know, just ideas. It's just a free for all. Right. Mm -hmm. And as we're driving away from the dinner, Bill goes, how much fun was that? God, wasn't that a great dinner? Like, like every moment of that dinner was so, was so great and fun. And I'm like, yeah. And I want that dinner every night of the fucking year instead of once every two years. I know, I know I'm a freak. But that is the reality is it's like most of the time he's at night, he's home with a stack of DVDs and I I can't, you know, it's weird. I'd never did anything as a kid. I did nothing in my twenties or thirties. And now it's just like, I got to get out. I mean, I got to get out. So I need a nightlife and that's bad news for your, for your text, for our text thread, Misha Gabriel, because I'm going to be on you like white on rice. That's awesome. Let's do it. Speaking of which, just as a button to this, let me just say, of the Exchange Nightclub downtown, Blade Runner for the Sci-Fi Channel, and much like Blade Runner for the Sci-Fi Channel, packed full of Asian American people. Packed full. I was like, yikes. I'm like the minority. I'm like the one white, one white guy, and the other white guy I was with are like, Oh my God! It's like they they should call the club Pacific Rim. That's what it felt like, you know. So anyway, nothing like a good racist joke or something that could be misconstrued as a racist joke. I had another wrap out this episode. Better, so go for it. (laughs) No, what do you got? Fuck no! You you covered it, man. We're good. That wasn't even a racist joke or a racist slur. If I say the racist joke, will you say out as soon as I say it? Yeah, because it's you saying it, not me saying it. Ready? Wait, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Misha, do you have a good racist joke you'd I, like to share I with our listeners? Don't, I, just, no, I, don't, not, no. I just made it up real quick. It'll take us out. Do, do it it's up. been wonderful talking to everyone, Jack. Misha, great having you. Come Absolutely back anytime, be brother. I will be here. Get ready to pull the pool. All right, ready? naked. Parade runner. Boom. Out.
This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.